to Agronomy for Farmer Success, a podcast brought to you by Osmus Farm Supply. Um, but before we even uh, get into that, uh, just for the benefit of our listeners and uh, maybe people that don't know you as well, I want to spend a little bit of time just uh, getting to know Jake. Yep. Uh, so Jake Larson, manage the seed treatment department at Osmus Farm Supply. I've been here uh, about two and a half years work uh, with the seed treatment department very closely, also uh, chemistry sales agronomist, and then there's a couple uh, uh, sub-dealers at two locations that I manage as far as that. Um, prior to here, uh, worked within my retail uh, within the area for about three years. Um, so been in the business for about five and a half years or so. Um, personally married, three kids, three daughters. You have been in this area a good portion of your life then? Yes. Yeah, I grew up on a farm, so uh, also my farm. Do the same as every other person in the business. Yeah. Grew up on a farm. Mm-hmm. Went to Iowa State. Yeah. With that kind of being a little bit of an introduction, uh, just getting to know Jake a little bit, Um, We're going to uh, dive in a little bit more to um, the seed treatment uh, business specifically. Uh, Jake, you mentioned you're the the leader uh, of the department of our seed treat. Just maybe talk to us a little bit, give us a brief overview of what uh, seed treatment operations look like at AFS. Yep. Um, A 40,000 foot real high up above, I guess when I look at the seed treatment department, I view it really in three different buckets. Um, the first bucket, uh, where we spend most of our time, where I think we're going to be talking mostly today, is uh, treating for customers who purchase soybeans from us. Um, mm-hmm. We'll boots on the ground. We'll field it closely with those growers, um, building plans for them. Second bucket, another thing we do uh, is custom treating for dealers who are not set up with treatment equipment. Um, takes place at a little bit different time than when we're uh, normally treating or treating for those customers want to buy through us. It's starting right about now, and we'll do that pre-treat time till about April 1st. You've actually been pretty busy in the warehouse here last uh, couple weeks doing that. Yeah, yep. So we're starting up uh, all our non-inoculated stuff in early February, doing that first, getting out of the way. Uh, We view it as a way that we can further utilize our equipment so we're not just using it for a month. In the spring, also we're pretty busy. Come side shipping right now to other locations from farmers that I can get quite a bit of help from uh, other location that would be busy, busier in the springtime. We help guys be able to pull a lot of those guys in this time. The last third bucket, similar to Cam, other departments sell to other dealers who do have their own treatment equipment. Um, represent all major manufacturers, multiple different treatment lines. Really dependent on the dealer, but uh, do a fair bit of that, too. Sure. So like you say, three buckets, um, one where you're uh, going to be uh, doing custom treating, a second one where they're treating uh, for the customers here, and then uh, working with dealers that uh, treat their own seed is kind of a third. I agree with you. I think right now we're going to probably talk uh, mostly the uh, that middle bucket there, which is the uh, the people that uh, that we treat for. If I was to look at it, I'd probably see two segments in there. You've got um, growers that are uh, presently not treating their seed in any way. And then I would say that you have um, those that are treating uh, their seed. 
and I would peg based on my experiences that um, probably 80% plus of the guys do treat their seed probably varies from area to area. We're, uh, we're below that. So okay. For those that don't know, Devin uh, treats beans as well. He's in the building next to me uh, with Pioneer Agency. So we're around 70%. Well, very good. Very good point. So you've got uh, 70%. Uh, of your guys, so that's maybe a little over. So we've got the those that treat and those that don't. Let's let's just talk real briefly here to the uh, the guys that are not treating. What what would you say to them? I mean, why treat in the first place? Basic reason we treat beans is to protect plant stands. Um, there's four main soil diseases we're trying to protect ourselves: fusarium, pythium, Madagascar Nifflopathra, two insect pests grubs, decoy maggots, maybe wall ground, above ground, first generation bean leaf beetle, early protection aphids. Um, that'd be why we're here. You know, we're doing it to protect plant stands. Uh, when they're small, so they build up their own tolerance to those diseases. Um, so just be a broad coverage. While and we're doing and it. data that I've seen, um, like Jake said, uh, we do treating on a couple different fronts here on on the pioneer side, and then also on. Um, with what he does, the data that I've seen really shows uh, it's pretty easy to recoup the investment, uh, especially as the value of beans are uh, going up and just some of those risks that we get to manage uh, a, a really good return on investment. Jake, are there uh, typical reasons for those that choose not to treat that uh, are there typical reasons that they maybe say why they don't? Well, I think one reason we just said here, well, uh, weighted obviously easier to recoup those costs. But, you know, the cost of doing it might be one bushel of beans. So if, if there's a two-bushel bump, you're doubling up on your money there. One reason I think two bushels, one bushel, really hard to see on yield value. There's a lot of guys that out of sight, out of mind. Um, they're hoping to see something that's green corn when they reduce underside. You know, red water, they went up 25 bushels, and it did great, and we're seeing that a year. Right. Um, don't think you necessarily see all those things, and it's just harder to – pick out a, a bushel, two bushels, five bushels on the bean side. So that'd be one reason, out of sight, out of mind. That's uh, a good point, and I'll just interrupt you real briefly here. So we also do a lot of testing where we will have side-by-side -side comparisons, and those are all taken with a weigh wagon. So that's a little bit different look at it um, and mm -hmm. and where we can quantify uh, differences. And, and But, yes, good point that you have. Yeah, I think that and another reason, something we're trying to change and really – would be on our backlog guys aren't treating but a lot of times uh, the decision gets made may 1st at the treater so we haven't talked about it uh, when we normally would have other input december january made a plan guy comes through even may 1st what are your options what do they cost it's uh, really rough brash decisions and a lot of times the guys or the decision makers they're in the planners uh you hired him it's time to pick him up so it's it's a really bad uh time frame but a lot of those decisions seems like they get made so trying to put a focus on future science and really how we do everything else sit down and make a plan that's a great point uh, if somebody is not currently treating and uh, are, are there some good options that you would recommend or I mean perhaps that's in your sit down session that you want to have with them but if there's a good way for people to get onboarded with treating um, any any thoughts uh, on that front? Yeah, I'd say anything better than nothing mm -hmm. um, would be a good place to start. Um, within our department, or at least that's how we try to do it, is risk management. That's 
covered holidays. So three in general offer two packages. One is AFS Lux, which would be the premium Cadillac. The next would be AFS Protect, which would be more of a mid-range or your Ford, I guess. Mm-hmm. But both of them, um, multiple tons of points, um, justified a drop from offer. Like three, three pairs of five, really broad, hyper broad, cover a lot of bases. Because um, we don't know what's going to happen right. next year. Is it going to be one of the tons of points that pair? Maybe yes, maybe no. Nice yet, yes, no. Um, so we try to cover as many things as we can be broad about it. Yeah, that's uh, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, now let's just maybe transition to um, maybe those guys that are treating in some capacity, and, and some of what you said might apply to some of these other guys, but yep. uh, is there a, a common base treatment uh, or something that guys normally gravitate toward? Yep. So our most common, what most guys are using, um, we call it AFS Lux. Uh, so what's in AFS Lux is they're, they're three fungicides. Those three fungicides are going to cover those four main fields, fuses that I hit on earlier, an insecticide, as well as an inoculant, plant growth regulators, three, and those macros, micros, um, as well as there's a product called Hyped in it. So really, really broad. Um, we think that a lot of bases are covered there because um, it's hard to know what the year is going to be. And also, um, in general, how some treatments can be, they're defensive. And we have that defensive package in the AFS Lux with our three fungicides and our insecticide. We also have offensive components, three PPRs, macro, micro. So um, rather than just protecting the plant, which is has typically been viewed in the past. We're trying to offer offensive characteristics to not just protect it, but to get out of the ground sooner, faster, better, more, you name it. Um, that'd be the main one. Um, yeah. Then the, the forward below it, uh, the AFS Protect, uh, same three fungicides, but no um, insecticide. And then there's also inoculant, and that, that's a product I didn't mention. So the difference would be insecticide, PPRs, um, macro micro explain that to those guys there are certain diseases that maybe um, there's there's add-ons that you can put in that, that yeah. target something and SDS is one of those that uh, that kind of bubbles to the top it seems like yep. w- what would your comments be on that or how do you think through that process yep that's uh, so SDS is uh, fusarium disease but one specific strain of that disease and unlike our other fungicide seed treatments they're are individual products that are very specific to just that fusarium strain. Really just two on the market, Oliva and Soltro. Both are good. If you have SDS, better do one of them. There's ten of them. Um, I know in seed treatments that I've worked in, we use one. In your side, Devin, you use a different one. Mm -hmm. Both are good. Recommend both. One thing I would say there, SDS is, you know, once it's in the soil, even if you're all corn for... 8, 10 years, it's still going to be present in the soil. So I think we need to look to the past. If we plant it in those soybean fields two years ago, if we had them in the bean fields in 19, now we're going to plant those beans in 2021 in the same field. That would be an indicator that um, I think we should use it. Also looking at our soybean varieties, how good are products do they have to SDS? Yeah, I think those are all good things to think through. And then uh, another factor that seems to be part of SDS is uh, – early planting, which we all like to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we can get out there early, 
that sometimes is a uh, can be another risk factor uh, to be included. I, I look at it very similarly, where um, if if it kind of checks the boxes of hey, we've got a, a real SDS risk here, then some of those add-ons are good to uh, to put in. Uh, Jake, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of try and uh, bring this part to uh, a landing here uh, with with um, the seed treatment side, and I guess I would I would just ask the question. Are there any innovations in the marketplace that should be on a grower's radar? Yeah, one thing we've just started to focus on with the in within the last couple of years that I think growers should put their attention to, I think could be a big deal three, five, ten years. We're still doing corn seed treatment. That's something that we also offer within uh, the AFSC treatment department. We have a USD AP five hundred, it's a portable knock the box seeder poly uh, lawnmower so it's safe for the sunlight and a drum seeder we're not doing a lot a couple thousand yards a year um, products that we're doing in that space multiple different ones generally all have PPRs or micro type based products um, but it's something uh, not to replace any infrared starter but it's a way to get all those nutrients PPRs right on the seed something we're just getting into but I think could play big factor in the grower population in the near term future okay very good uh we're going to uh be closing here soon are there i'll just give you the opportunity are there any things that uh, that you want to share that uh, that we haven't talked about uh, specifically related to seed treatment um yet yeah i think a couple things uh that's on our forefront of our mind when we're looking at seed treatment one it seems like seed treatment has turned into this commodity of my beans are seeded or they're not seeded. But I just challenge guys that there's big differences, you know, to be comparing apples to apples. A lot of times it's apples to oranges. We offer treatments that are a couple bucks a bag all the way up to 25 bucks a bag. Well, there's going to be a big difference there. Mm -hmm. um, so rather just than hearing it's treated for a couple bucks, it might not be a lot on it. So I just challenge guys to look at what your specific treatment is. Maybe ask us some indirect, let's have a conversation comparison it seems like it's starting to really scale off seated not seated say in the summer like you never come and say i want chemicals in my field it's always i want i want tulips and apples are going to be different really specific that's so a great point while we're comparing the same thing with seed treatment seems like it's been treated another thing soybeans have really just changed how we're growing them over the past 10 20 years so in a lot of guys minds it's 200 bushel corn, 50 bushel beans, but I think that's really changed and could really lend itself to seed treatment. In the past, we were probably planting 180,000 uh, beans per acre, and a lot of those were getting planted end of May, beginning of June, but now it's really changed. Guys have two planters, um, maybe one dedicated corn, one beans, or if they have one planter, it's a 24 row, or it's uh, a high speed. So beans are getting planted really early, and that's what we do have diseases that are later in the year that uh, maybe have warmer type soils. They have quite a few, like the SDS that you mentioned, that are going to be, if it's hit, that is going to be planted. So I think more than ever, um, the way that we're just operationally working, it's working more into where there could be problems with soybean diseases. And um, a big reason to consider them now, just because they're planting so early on the soybeans now compared to in the past. Jake, if people want to uh, get in touch with you, how do they do that? Yeah, shoot me an email, uh, Jacob, J-A-C-O-B, at A-F-S-C-H-E-N dot com.
that general number for your room is 641566-2658. I'm going to close it down here with uh, testing your sports uh, trivia knowledge. How many consecutive NCAA championships did Dan Gable win while coaching at Iowa? And the, uh, the operative word in that first question is consecutive. I'm going to say consecutive nine. Nine is the correct answer. Now we're going to uh, have bonus bragging rights if you can answer how many total did Dan Gable win as a coach? 22. That is incorrect. The correct answer is 15. Uh, Jake, I want to uh, thank you for taking time to uh, talk with us today about uh, seed treatment. Um, hopefully uh, things can progress smoothly here and we can have the weather cooperate a little bit and uh, maybe we'll have another early planting, which I think uh, we all we all always appreciate. Well, uh, Jake, thank you again for your time and uh, you have a safe spring. Until next time. Until next time. <laughs> See ya. Thank you for listening to Agronomy for Farmer Success. If you'd like any additional information, please contact your trusted Osmus Farm Supply agronomist. Please make sure to subscribe to Agronomy for Farmer Success on your podcast player of choice, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and more to be notified when new episodes become available.